Hello, Spotlight friends. Welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight. Today, I am visiting with my friend, Joel Stepanek. I'm super excited to have you. Thank you so much for being with us. Hey, it's good to be with you, Chanel. Thank you. Yes. Oh my gosh. No, I'm so excited. I'm a big fan and I'm really excited to talk to you about all things growth and new stages of life and the book that you've written. And you just have so many wonderful insights. So I'm excited to dig deep into that. But first, I would love for everyone listening to know a little bit about you. So if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe include what has been your favorite dessert over the past couple of years, something just really oh. fun. Something really That's fun, a like a real question. Really prey on it. And I would love for our guests to just get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, I like already know the dessert though. Like okay, that's amen. the thing. There's a but we'll get to that last. Amen. <laughs> I am married to Colleen. She's my best friend. I got two kids, yeah. Elijah Daniel and Sophia Grace, and one on the way. So as we talk about beginnings, I am in the midst of one of life's great beginnings as we prepare to welcome our third child on August 24th, 2022. So super exciting. Wow, um, congratulations. Thank you. Um, I work as the vice president of parish services at an organization called Life Teen. It's a Catholic youth ministry movement. And we believe that when a teenager encounters Jesus Christ through the beauty of the Catholic faith, that they are transformed. And as people who are transformed, they then transform their parish community and their culture. And mm-hmm. so we strive to be innovative in everything we do to help them become disciples and evangelists, which I love because teenagers... Right now, like if we want to reach people and we want to, you know, bring the gospel out into the world, teenagers are just where it's at. So I'm living that life, which is cool. I get to speak and write about Jesus. And I think that that's really awesome because I can't think of any other message more important than that. And lately in my life, I really am just passionate about helping people begin well, because as we'll talk about, we have beginnings all of the time. We only have a few firsts in our life, but Mm. we get beginnings constantly. And I'm really passionate about helping people do that because there's an intersection in where we begin and how we encounter Jesus in those beginnings, which I think Mm -hmm. is cool. And then I'm really just passionate about leadership, especially in the church and the intersection of discipleship and leadership and what that means for our church today. And so I've really been diving into that. I will actually be completing a master's program in a couple of days on organizational leadership. So um, I'm stoked about that. Dude, look at this guy, two kids, a mom, cool wife, and a new baby and a master's. Look at that. You are rocking it. It's all happening. You're rocking it, dude. Like, oh my goodness. So I love your description of yourself. You sound like such a great guy. One thing I'm missing though, I didn't hear your favorite dessert. What is that? You didn't. Oh, so it's, you're right. And I appreciate Mm -hmm. that you caught me because I said Mm -hmm. it at the beginning Mm -hmm. and everybody would have been left The anticipation was there. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's very specific and I'm concerned that I may never find it again because Got the restaurant it. that had it, I shut down. Oh my gosh. Or changed. I don't, I don't think it shut down. I think it was one of those things where the owner's like, no, let's do a new concept. Oh no. So they're like rebranding everything. But it's a, a butterscotch budino, which is a like butterscotch pudding. But specifically, it's a salted caramel butterscotch budino from this place called Copper 48 in uh, wow. my town where I live in, in Gilbert, Arizona. And it is just the finest dessert Uh I've ever had. I love butterscotch as a flavor. And it was like, I I can't even describe it, but it was perfect. (laughs) It was a perfect dessert and it wasn't heavy. So like after like a good meal and this place served like Italian food, 
it was just the perfect ending. And mm-hmm. I think about it. It's the only dessert I think about. Ah, and I'm like, man, even, <laughs> even right now, I'm like, man, I wish I could go get that yes. like, today. Oh, that's yes. it. That's my that's, answer. Salted caramel, oh. butterscotch, boudin. Amen. That's a positive. I mean, that's a rare and positive thing where you have a dessert where you're like, I just, when I lay down, I think mm-hmm. about eating it. There's this like creme brulee that I had yeah, one time yeah. in Denver, Colorado. And I think about it sometimes. Sometimes I'll just be driving and I'm just like, you know what? It was so good, that creme brulee. And I, <laughs> I, I just wonder like what other yeah. people eating it are thinking about. Like well, if it's still there, it's like, it's just such a mystery how certain things just rest in our hearts. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I like to get just sort of like a human insight into people because it's amazing what people get amped for, you know, and dessert is my thing that I could just definitely talk about it for like 10 years. So thank you for, thank you for sharing yours. So I would love to talk to you about your book that came out February 11th, Beginning Well. It's an amazing book for exactly what it's titled, just starting a new, and I actually read it and it was amazing. Um, And one chapter that really touched me was you're looking backwards, like letting go of the things of the past. And I think that's something that I really struggled with in many new stages of my life. But before we, you know, dig deep into that, and I would love to know just like what inspired you to even write this book and for you to just share with our listeners what it's about. Yeah, I struggle with moving on. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think that's been the case through um, so much of my life, like getting through particular phases and being really sad about what I was leaving behind, which I yes. think is okay. Like when things end, it's okay to be sad. In fact, I think one of the problems we have with moving forward is sometimes we don't let ourselves be sad. Like we are, we like to hold that emotion at an arm's length. We're like, I don't want to feel sad about this. And so we try to ignore that. And, um, that that's kind of disastrous too, because if we don't grieve something, it just haunts us, you know, forever. But I, for a long time, struggled with like letting things go. Like when I graduated high school, I was like sad about that. And what happened was I would go on to the next thing. So I graduated from high school, I went to college and I just compared everything Mm. to what I had left behind. Oh, this isn't the same. This isn't like my friends. This isn't the same kind of environment. Mm. And rather than embracing the really cool new things that life was bringing, I just looked at what it wasn't. Hmm. And even uh, about 10 years ago, I moved to Arizona for a new job, excited about this job. It was my job at Life Team and uh, moved to Arizona with my wife. And that first year we were a mess because we just kept looking back and comparing everything to the life we left behind. Oh, this, it's not, this restaurant's not the same. Like our friends don't live here. And it really just hindered our ability to start something new. And I think that's what inspired me with that particular chapter because I've just realized how devastating that can be. And I think in any beginning, we first have to reconcile with an ending. Mm. Otherwise, we never really we never really get off the ground. Mm. Oh my gosh, what insight. And I think it's so important and you know so practical. And many times I think when we have an opportunity to do something, so let's say like we're a teacher and Mm -hmm. we start that first job, we learn many lessons. It's so great, yada, yada. And then we move on to something else, whether it's in the same, you know, realm of activity as teaching, or it's a completely different kind of job. 
I, you know, I don't think we give ourselves a lot of grace to mm-hmm. ease into those transitions. And a lot of times we'll feel like we're not, you know, we're not equipped to be in new positions or we just don't know how to transition well. So I know that, you know, that's been a challenge for me as I've transitioned in new positions or just even new stages of life. And I'm sure for you being like, a father and a husband and, you know, having a job and all those things, those are just even new stages of life that you're mm-hmm. in every day. So what would you say to someone that's struggling with just like life transitions and, you know, feeling like either they're not ready or they're scared or what would you say? Yeah, I think you got to embrace those moments. And I think that's one of the things that I've noticed in my role in life. Do you think about leadership? You know, we're talking about that. I think that that's one of the keys of leadership in leading other people is helping them manage those transitions Hmm. as well. And I found like there's some common themes to where we really struggle with those transitions because like, and you had touched on it, like we have new beginnings all of the time. It's just constant. And learning how to navigate the, the jump from an ending to a beginning is a really critical skill. I think recognizing we can't look backwards and say like all the grass is greener, like that's the first key. But I think the second thing is to look back at where we've been and say, but what did I learn back there that I can take with me here? Mm. And there's a difference there. If you're just looking back, like, man, life was so much better back then. Well, no, life is like, like, life can be great right now. But what did I learn then that can help me right now? Because sometimes we have jumps that like, we didn't prepare for. You know, there's only a few things if you're a first-time parent, that's a completely new experience. If you're a first-time teacher, that's probably a completely new experience. Your first year in school, that's a completely new experience. But there's things we've done in life that translate to that. But sometimes we compartmentalize everything, looking at our resume, and we think, oh, like those skills were only for that job, but I can't use them in my new job. Or we don't even look at some of the soft skills that we have as far as things we've learned in volunteering, even in relationships, and how we'd apply those things to new circumstances. And I think that's actually a way that we can find some comfort in transitions because we might say, I've never done this thing before. This is a completely new beginning, but I've done things like it. And I actually have the skills to do things like this. And that skills transfer, I think is so huge in managing those moments. And then I think the other thing with managing transitions as people of faith, Mm. is to embrace the fact that this is an opportunity for me to encounter Jesus and to learn something about my relationship with him, right? Because when my life is like shaken up, Mm. suddenly I can be open to the Lord in ways I haven't been before. When the disciples leave, you know, their, their fishing boats, that's a beginning, right? And I can only imagine how much they absorbed in those first few months with Jesus because everything was kind of up in the air. And Jesus, even when people come and ask him, you know, to follow, uh, to follow him, he would say, you know, you got to leave everything behind. And that's not to be like you just got to leave stuff behind because I'm trying to figure out a way. Like if you really bought in, there's <laughs> sure. something, there's something to that of like, hey, really lean in to this time with me. And I think that's what's cool about beginnings is there can be a spiritual element to that as well if if we're open to it. This episode is brought to you by Sock Religious. Sock Religious is an amazing company that is working to evangelize with some pretty cool attire. I have a lot of devotions, especially to my favorite St. Josephine Bikita. 
and Sock Religious has a pair of socks with her face on them, which is an amazing conversation starter if you wouldn't even believe it. So make sure to go to SockReligious.com and check out what they have. They have amazing socks, t-shirts, sticker packs, like so many cool things. You'll love it. Make sure to check them out at SockReligious.com. I have a quick question for you. Have you ever read The Chronicles of Narnia? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Great series. Yes, great. And so do you remember... And I'm, it's skipping my brain right now, but do you remember the like sassy cousin that had a bad attitude? I want to say, I want to say Edmund, but I know that's not it. I can't remember, but I there was, now, I, I read it, but this was years ago. Okay. Like, when there the, was when like, the movies came out, I did that hipster thing. I'm like, I'm going to watch the movies. I got to <laughs> read the books. Yeah. Yeah. So you were ahead of it. I get it. There was this. Yeah. In one of the books, there was a cousin who had like a horrible attitude and Mm -hmm. he was just like not a great guy. And he ended up being able to go to Narnia with them and he turned into a dragon. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just was really, you know, was just not a nice boy. And when he was turned back into a little boy, Aslan actually like ripped into his dragon flesh and you know, and kind of like, and then he was thrown into the ocean and he became like a clean and new boy. And he, in that part of the book, he talks about how painful it was to be kind Mm -hmm. of cracked open and, you know, made a new, but how also good it was because he was so vulnerable to Aslan and so raw, but in the same way, he was so excited about the idea of not being a dragon anymore. And I think mm-hmm. about that when I was reading your book, I was thinking like, wow, how practical to us really holding on and being so ferocious about past experiences and like things that we love and not letting ourselves be like ripped open, you know, even though that sounds yeah. really crass and like made anew, even though it's gonna, it might be painful and we might be vulnerable, but at the end, it's just like so good for us. Yeah, and it's hard to look at those things. Many times I lived, I've lived my life looking at things in retrospect where I'm like, man, in retrospect, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Or I wish I would have learned that lesson. But I love how, you know, in your practical applications, it's like you don't have to always look in retrospect. If you put yourself in the present moment, you could actually acknowledge how God is operating where you are if you develop that kind of spiritual practice. So I just think that's so amazing. And I'm so grateful that there's this resource. I wish I had it when I graduated from college (laughs) when I was like so scared. So this is so awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I think that's, that is, it's, it's true. I think about the vulnerability we have in new beginnings. I think that's what pushes us backwards Hmm. into like, you know, maybe we're not, we don't have, you know, we're not dragons, but we put on armor, right? And I think the Mm -hmm. past is sometimes an armor because it allows us to discount the new things that are happening. Like, oh, this Mm -hmm. isn't the same. It's not as good because we're scared and beginnings are scary. In John chapter 20, there's this scene where Mary Magdalene is weeping at the tomb of Jesus. Uh, The body's not there. And uh, Peter and, and John have left, but she's left there. And she sees Jesus, but doesn't recognize him. She thinks he's the gardener, which is, there's all kinds of like, you know, scriptural imagery that's fun (laughs) with Mm -hmm. that. But I read that and I think that there's a beginning there because when she finally recognizes him, she calls him rabbi. But like, that's not who Jesus is. Like he's, he's savior and Lord, but that's what's comfortable for Mary. And so there's this whole account where I'm like, I think that's, that's again, and when we think about transitions, 
in our faith, I think that sometimes the benefit is we can encounter Jesus in a new way. Like Jesus grows with us and, and our relationship with him grows. But sometimes when we stay stuck in the past, I think that's where it can actually hurt our spiritual life because we see Jesus as he was in that part of our life when, when we were there, but not for the new thing that God is doing right now. Um, but that requires some vulnerability, right? Because then, but what, mm. does, what does Jesus say to Mary? He says, stop holding on to me. And I think sometimes there's like this idea of like, did she run and embrace him? Maybe. Or is, is it like, stop holding on to that image of who I was for you a week ago? Because wow. now I'm something new for you. And I've got something more. Like, let's take the next step here. Whoa. So I think wow. about that sometimes. That's a word. Okay. I mean, someone works in ministry because that was a word and you just preached to me. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> what, what insight. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I will definitely be deeply reflecting on that. I'm so grateful that you were able to be with us today. And I would love for our listeners to know where they can find out more about what you're doing and the books that you have and just more about you you, and where they can follow your ministry. Yeah. On Instagram, I'm at Chasing Humility. And then on Twitter, I'm at Chasing Humility. And my website is jewelstoponic.com. But those are great places to connect. And I love to hear from people, especially folks right now who are in new beginnings. That's who the book is for. And that's anybody. I think one of the things that can be challenging, and so this is for some of your listeners who maybe are like, oh, cool, youth ministry guy. That's a great book for <laughs> my teenager or my college student. It is, sure. 100%. But it's a good book for married couples, for people mm. who are having their first kid or their seventh kid, for people who are changing jobs, or for people who are entering retirement. Mm. Um, that's what I'm saying. We have new beginnings all the time. And one mm. day there will be a final ending in our life, which Amen. leads really just into a new beginning. And that's what the book is about, using all those little beginnings to be ready for the big, the big mm. beginning into eternity. But those are the places you can learn more about me. And I'd love to connect with people, uh, just hear their stories as well. So at Chasing Humility, Instagram, Twitter, JoelStoponic.com. Awesome. We'll make sure to put that in our show notes so people can check that out. So at the end of every one of our episodes, we ask each guest about something that gives them hope or something that they're looking forward to that they're excited about and will give them hope in the future. So if you need some time to think about it, I can go first. Or if you're ready, you can go. How are you feeling? Why don't you, why don't you go first? Okay. okay. You go first. Okay. So something that is giving me hope I have been in my new job for a month as director of youth ministry in Orlando, and it's been amazing to be able to meet all the new, well, new youth ministers, veteran youth ministers, and catechetical leaders, and just sit with them and talk about how they're doing, having spiritual check-ins and just personal check-ins. And it's really giving me a lot of hope for our church and people that love on the youth, because there's so many people that are doing such good work. And it's just such a cool thing. Youth ministry had such an impactful part on my life and is a big reason as to why I am where I am. So it just, it's so hopeful to know that there's still people out there that are wanting to love people really intentionally. And I'm just like hopeful and that I get to continue to work with them in the future and like do that job well. So cool to be able to have some donuts with some youth ministers and talk about <laughs> and talk about how cool teenagers are and how awesome high schoolers are and how scary middle schoolers are and how we can like yes. be <laughs> and how we can like, you know, serve them better. And it all just, you know, comes back to making them disciples and instructing them and, you know, 
teaching them how to make disciples. So it's like a cool thing to be a part of that. So I'm really hopeful that I can continue to do that well and be in this position for as long as God wills, which is hopefully yeah. a really long time. So, but how about you? Yeah, I, similar. It's similar. Uh, last week I was in Europe for a, uh, a training conference that we did and it was amazing. We had a, about 300 people attend but not just from Europe. Like there was most people were from Spain because travel is still a little bit weird. And that's where the conference was. But we had people from uh, Argentina, Chile attend as well as so South America and seeing what the Lord is doing in the church and knowing that that's not limited to the church in the United States or the church in Europe, but it's the church in South America. It's the church in Africa. It's the church in Australia and Asia. It's underground churches in various parts of the world where Christianity is suppressed that the Lord is doing something new. And I think the youth are a big part of that, the work, you know, the, the world that we live in. And we see that. But even just looking at the challenges we face in our world and recognizing that these are the days where God makes saints. Mm. And I look back on things historically and, you know, think about the way God works and who God uses. And I'm like, we're probably in the midst of like saints, a lot of them young saints who are going to uh, be profoundly impactful in the years to come. And I think in a place where there's darkness, like light shines bright. Yeah, that's what's giving me hope right now is, is the people who work with you. So like you give me hope right now with your new job in Orlando and like what Thank you're doing you. and the joy you bring to it and how you're going to support youth ministers who need that. And just being in with these people who are like mm. sold out, you know? And I think in the United States, what can be challenging is sometimes we're cynical. But what's cool is when you meet youth leaders from, you know, from Africa from Europe, from South America, where people are not paid. These are all volunteer positions. And one of the benefits in my role is I get to like meet with these people internationally is like the joy they have. Because like what's driving them isn't like, this is my job. What's driving them is like, this is the gospel. And this is the call the Lord has on my heart. Uh, so that's what's giving me hope. I think that's pretty, that's pretty exciting to be in the midst of this moment and to have front row seats to God's glory. That's pretty Ooh. cool. Amen. We are all blessed to be workers in this vineyard. I'm like, yes. it's just like such a dope opportunity. So amen. We'll, I will be praying for you guys and please pray for us down here in Orlando. And I'm just excited to be working for the kingdom alongside such cool people. So thank you so much for being our guest today. And I hope that you have a wonderful weekend for everyone listening. It's like Friday at seven o'clock. So Joel is just a boss for <laughs> after a whole day recording with us. So thank you so much for being here. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend with your family. Thank you. It's a gift. Thanks for talking with me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you so much to Joel for being our guest. Make sure to check out his book, Beginning Well. It's an amazing read and it's just so helpful for all of us that are starting new beginnings. Super, super helpful. I'm looking forward to next week where I'm going to be sitting down with Father Casey Cole and we're going to talk about what it means to live the Beatitudes and just practice ordinary evangelization. I'm super excited for you guys to hear it. In the meantime, please pray for me. I'll be praying for you. God bless. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.